Hello, this is Dave from Owen the Town. We teamed up with the guys from Goat to give you an opportunity to win a Mick Hartford print or mug. Just head over to our socials to find out how to win and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Owen the Town. I'm Luke Gregory. Dave's with me. Batara's with me. And today we are joined by a very special guest, a legend, a Luton legend, a football legend, Mick Harford on Zoom. Mick, how are you? Wee! <laughs> Seeing it's a Luton Town podcast, I'd like to get that one in first. And uh, no, I'm fine, thanks. I'm, I'm good, yeah. I'm in good spirits today. I feel good today. Fantastic. Thanks for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure to oh. do anything. And uh, I just... Uh, Great to have a chat with you guys. It's a pleasure to have you on yeah, today, isn't yeah. it? Obviously, yeah. uh, Dave's been a fan uh, for for, his, well, for a long, a I'm, long time. I'm a lot so. older than you two. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching Luton. <laughs> I've been watching Luton Town since 1970, and uh, you know, I I remember you joining the club. I remember you joining the club, and uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm just pleased you're coming on for a chat, really. I was going to say, you're yeah. in tears earlier, weren't you, Dave? Crying, <laughs> yeah, well, I can I mean, believe when, it. When I joined Luton all those years ago, I mean, it's uh, once it gets in your blood, I uh, I totally agree. It's It sticks there. And I mean, I'm well, a fan of the, I'm a fan of the football club. I'm a fan of the, I'm really? a fan of the club, absolutely. You know, and uh, it's great being a part of the club. I, 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 I'm just looking sort of, through some just you know general research i know about your career with luton because i've watched it and as a manager i've watched it you know but um everybody there's nobody i've ever seen say a bad word about yourself and always like there was one thing saying you was the hardest uh center forward in football at one stage but they called you mr luton in this re- report i wrote and i i think that sums you up quite well i think you're speaking to the wrong people, I think. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I'm just really happy and pleased to be be associated with such a great club, and I, and I say that. I mean, it's it's a fantastic club. Where we are at the moment is great. Uh, I've been associated with the football club for a long time. I've been associated with the town for a long time, you know. And yeah. uh, when I moved down here in the early '80s. Uh, my son was born very shortly after that, and my son was born in Luton, so he's a Lutonian, and uh, I feel part of the town and a part of the culture. In all fairness, I've uh, I'll never leave the area now. I'll always live down here uh, till my dying days, hopefully. And uh, it's it's I've got I've got Luton in my blood, and I've got lots and lots of friends in 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 this in the town and uh, in the surrounding areas, and uh, it's been a massive massive part of my life, and. Uh, Total respect for the football club and the, and the town, yes. Yeah, the, for me, the football club is something that I really look forward to going to. I think it's a real family atmosphere down there now. Um, and I think that we are a good club like that. Mm. We do look off. It seems to me that everyone in the club is bonded. Do you know, do, do you know what I mean by that? You know, like where... Is that togetherness, yeah. is Togetherness, it? that's yeah. a good word. Yeah, togetherness. Well, it's never easy to do that in a football club, especially as we... Uh, as we're growing and we're building and we, we have a hell of a lot more staff now at the football club in administration and, and obviously the football side of it. And it takes a, it takes a lot of building. You know, Gary, Gary endears that in his recruitment and that, you know, that's part of his recruitment to make sure you buy into what the football club's all about. Every football player we buy or bring into the football club on the football side of it, Nathan absolutely makes sure he buys into the culture of this football club and the structure of what it's all about, and 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 thankfully it's it's working at the moment. When you talk about Nathan, there, um, people buying into that to when he sells it. What sold Luton to you when you was first approached? Was it by David Pleat? What what brought you to the town? What made you what, go? What, what made you me? think about that? Well, it didn't take long because I uh, I met David Pleat. I'll never forget the day I met him. We drove to David Evans's house along in there. In Macro End, and we we drove along along the Lower Luton Road. I don't know if you know the Lower Luton yeah. Road. Yeah. 
completely was the worst driver I've ever been in the car. <laughs> in the Hitting those edges and I was wow. uh, I was shitting myself in all fairness. I don't know I don't know how we got through through that drive. And when we when we got to David Evans's house, we sat down, we had a chat and uh, he told me what the the process of what he was trying to do, the manager and the chairman in terms of bringing players in, you know, bringing Peter Nicholas in, just bought Steve Foster, bringing David Priest in and myself and, and tying them with the great players that were already there, the likes of Mal Donaghy, uh, Brian Steen, Ricky Hill, to name but a few, Wayne Turner, Tim Brigger, Mitchell Thomas, you know, some really, really, really good players and they were, they were building, a, building a new football team and building a club and I was just delighted to be part of it, and I mean, in those in those eighties, it was Luton was a place to be in terms of football. Because on our day, we could beat anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would turn up at Kenny and, and think we're going to win today. Didn't matter who to turn up. Whether it be Man United, Liverpool, didn't matter. I felt we could beat them all the time. I also thought in them days that you could win the FA Cup as well. You know, things like that. But so, even as a, like a younger Luton fan, like me and Batara, right, okay. like we hear these <laughs> names. No, but we hear these names, and it's like. You you know that these guys were the real deal. Were like the real deal. I just and I think I think in sort of uh, I'm going to say our age group, Mick, if you don't mind. Um, no there were some there were some real <laughs> classic players for Luton Town. There were real legends. Every one of them, you know, was brilliant, brilliant. You know, you couldn't really pick any anybody out and go, oh well, you know, that they shouldn't be in the team. They were all good. I, I from I remember that in the eighties a lot. Not so much as seventies. Uh, I mean, when, yeah, I mean when when I used to, I mean we we know about Luton. I I scored for Newcastle at Luton when Luton were in 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 what is now the Championship was Division Two, and we won one nil. How we won one nil? I don't know, because we got murdered, you know. And the football, the style of play they played was excellent, and and Luton was a team with fantastic players in, and I and I've I've said this a few times with Ricky Hill, Brian Steen. Uh, all kinds of skillful players, and they'd win three 0 or get beat four two, or win five two, or and that's not the way. It's obviously it's it's entertaining for the fans. It's great to see. It's great to watch. But what happened then was we we Luton were down the bottom of the league, and it looked like they were going to get relegated, and they just needed a bit of steel and a bit of uh, and they just needed a core. And what happened was Chairman and David David Pleat brought in myself, Fozzy. Peter Nicholas, but we still had that flair players in Brian Steen and Ricky Hill and, and Gary Parker and Mitchell Thomas, Tim Breaker, who had energy to get up and down the pitch, and Emma wow. Canal Joby, Mark Steen, you know, really, really, really good players, really good footballers. But then then what happened was we started winning one nil and two nil and 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 winning games and um, and I think people thought that the people in the dressing room the, the, the Brian Steens and the Ricky Hills and Mitchell Thomas, because Fozzie was the Fozzie was the Fozzie was the key, you know. Steve Foster was the key. Yeah. He wouldn't he wouldn't let Tim Breaker and Mitchell Thomas bomb up the pitch every two minutes and get caught out, and he end up one nil down after five ten minutes. We'd start from a solid base. We'd have a nice back four in place, play a certain way, try and get on top. Then then when it was time to attack, Fozzie would let them go and all that, you know. So. There was a real structure there, allied allied by the actual skillful players who were absolutely wonderful, wonderful players. But because the way David Pleat wanted to to play style of football, he, he had to he had to doctor a little bit to try and survive in the top league, and, and we did that excellently well. We did. And if you looking back on your sort of football starting career. Who, who was it you probably looked up to? Do you know what made you go? I want to be a professional footballer. When you think about all those good players you've just said about, I mean, for me, if if I was good enough, you know, I, I was never good enough at football, but I'd be looking at players like Ricky Hill and yourself and going, I want to do that. I want to do that job. Ricky Hill for me was one of the best players we've had. Um, Absolutely. So what what made you when you when you was younger? What 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 made you go? I want to do that. Well, you know where I come from. I come from the northeast, and you know it's a hotbed of football. That's what they say, and that's all we did up there. That's all we did. We played football till till uh, till morning, till night. You know, till till it got dark and we got called in. We played football at school, and I I wanted to be a professional footballer. Never ever thought that I would get the opportunity, and I got an opportunity. And 
I took it with both hands. Uh, uh, Was did, did somebody I, just I, scout I, you or something, or did you just keep pressing well, to them? But before, before I, I had my idols as well because I was a big Sunderland fan. You know, yeah. when I was when I was growing up, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I, I'd watch Sunderland every Saturday or any any day I could. They were my team, and I had my idols: Dennis Stewart, Billy oh, Hughes, Dick like Callum, who played for Luton, yeah. Colin Todd, all those Jim Baxter's who I saw when I was really young. You know, when I was at the '73 Cup final, that's the first time I ever ventured. Into London when I was fourteen to see them beat Leeds. What was that like? Was that what was that like? I remember watching that on the, the television. Semi final, so so they were my heroes. They still are my heroes. Wow! But that 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 Sunderland team in that era, in the early seventies, they were. What was it like? Nick, what was it like being at Sorry. Wembley in seventy three? What was it like being there? Because I remember watching that on the television. Um, you know that all day build up that you had and things like that. And I'm, it's get, uh, as a young person, I was really excited. I didn't want Leeds to win. I wanted Sunderland to win because they were the underdogs. What was it like being there? Well, the most, I mean, we got the train down at 11 o'clock at night. I mean, I was 14, 15, and I came down with my sister and my brother-in-law and all his friends. And I was in the pubs in Sunderland carrying all the bags, all the biscuits and all the, all the sandwiches in. Hmm. So we come straight out the pub onto the train uh, and uh, the overnight they're down into London, into King's Cross. So as a 14-year-old kid, you can't imagine what it felt like, to, the excitement that we had, uh, not just the football match or the FA Cup final, that's that's coming up, going into London and and the, and the buzz of that, you know, and it, it was just it was just a brilliant experience, one I'll never, ever forget. Uh, the game, the game, obviously, one thing that stood out for me is the goals, Ian Porterfield, yep. who... Who then became my manager at Chelsea? Wow! So we used to have great chats about it and all that. Now me being a Sunderland fan and he and God rest his soul there, uh, talking about the cup final in '73. And obviously one of my most vivid memories of football is is Jim Montgomery making that double save. Then how amazing was that? And, and uh, you can and still watch Togo it. But... Sorry, mate. You can still Bob watch Togo it back, can't you? At the end of the game, yeah, yeah, Bob's i run the pitch with the brown mac at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. these are memories which I'll, I'll cherish forever, you know. Yeah, I mean, then, then, so. then the best part of it was we went into London into Trafalgar Square, and I'm absolutely certain I was the first one in the in the fountains, diving <laughs> <laughs> in the fountains and all that. Then everyone followed, but no, absolutely great memories. That that was that was part of the reason why I wanted to be a footballer. Uh, then. I played. I, I I played for a youth team called uh, Lampton Street Boys Club. We were quite a special team in Sunderland. We had some really good players. About seven, eight, nine of the lads went on to be professional footballers. Oh, yeah. Our manager Norman Alder uh, was friends with a player at Lincoln City, and he just said, "Look, uh, his name was Alan Harding." He said, "Alan, I got some players up here you need to have a look at." And I mean. Being the good manager he was, Graham Taylor, he came up and watched us play, and he signed. He signed three of us. Wow! So me, I've got uh, sorry, four of us. He signed four of us. So I'm gonna jump in a second. I've got a quick question for you. Have you always played as a striker from a young boy, or is there any other positions that you played until centre half? No, maybe? no. When when I was when I was in the boys' club, uh, I was a midfield player. I signed for Lincoln as a midfield player. That was my position. That's what I thought it was going to be. I, Technically, I was okay, but, my, uh, but they converted me into centre-forward. Colin Murphy converted me into centre-forward at Lincoln, and I stayed there for the rest of my career until until the latter days when I was at Wimbledon, when I when I went back in the, my last, I don't know, 20, 30 games and sat in front of the back four and protected okay. them in the Premier League. So so I started out as a midfield player. So what was that like in front of the back four, like you say then? A bit, obviously, it's quite different, but you know, how did you get on in that position? Obviously, cause I didn't obviously see much, so I've seen highlights and whatever else. I've never really seen anything. It's because you went alive, yeah, yeah. obviously, oh, quite like that. I but was, cheers, mate. I was playing it around, I was, I was like Perlo, you know, <laughs> yeah, all over the place. I could imagine hey, winning all the headers. No, no, I enjoyed <laughs> it, I really people. enjoyed it. I, uh, yeah, I, I was technically, technically, I was okay, I could get on the ball, and I was okay, and that, I know, and. Any long balls I could try and deal with, and I just tried to keep the back four up the pitch with me and see where we are. I was 37, 38, so I had a 
had a little bit of experience and there were some young players in that Wimbledon squad at the time. So, fair play to Joe. He saw me sitting in that role. It wasn't every week because when I got to that age, I wasn't playing every week. But uh, no, it was... Uh, Oh, I bet, you, I bet you enjoyed the physical part of it, though, didn't you? In front of the back four, the physical but, part of tackling. And, uh, yeah, I bet you loved it. <laughs> um, what, what was your what, what's your highlight of playing when you was with Luton Town? For, I, I know exactly what, where my highlights are when I've been watching Luton Town. Um, what What is your highlight when you've been playing for us? Can I? Uh, well, go on. I honestly believe if. Uh, if I hadn't played for Luton Town at the time I did, I probably wouldn't have played for England because uh, wow. of the style of play, the football we were playing, uh, the way we played, the way we went about our business. And, and we were just a good, good team to watch and all that, you know. And I was fortunate enough, to, as I said earlier, to play with some real good players. And in that process, we won the we won the Little Woods Cup. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's my highlight of one of the highlights of my career. Uh, winning a major trophy for a football club that I love and, and the supporters and doing that for them and being part of that team. That, that's that's the highlight of my Luton Town football club career, yeah. Before we get into the Arsenal game, when you look back at the team you played with and, and you, you say how good they were and stuff, how and this is quite a difficult question to answer, but how do you feel they would fare in modern day football in, in like the Premier League now? Do you reckon it's it's quite a tough one, but how do you reckon they'd fare? We're all quite old now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can't run around as much. Yeah, he's done me that. He's senior. He's dodged that question, if you noticed. <laughs> Do you know, it's so good to Getting see someone else mugging. How do I think would fair? Uh, I, I think, I personally, me personally, I think I'd be, I think players would adapt. I think players were very adaptable in those days. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I personally think that we'd, we'd fair comfortably. One of the main reasons why I think we'd fair comfortably is because you're playing on. Listen, I played with Brian Steen and Ricky Hill and Mal Donaghy and Foster and uh, and Breaker and Thomas and Nicholas and and Priest and they were all Mark Steen, Emma Canow, Joby, Gary Parker. Uh, people forget about how good technically these players were and all that, you know. And and you know the pitches we played on; mm. they were rubbish. They were awful. That's awesome. Well, and you see what the you see what they play on now. It's like when there's not a blade of grass out of place. There's no bobbles and nothing jumping all over the place. Yeah. So personally, I see Luton Town as a as a as a team in the Premier League. I mean, quite comfortably finishing halfway up the league with a, with a with a quality of play we had. What? Well, how do you think? Uh, I mean, we know the history of the plastic Nathan pitch. The manager, yeah. We know the p- history of the plastic pitch, Mick. Right? Um, you played on that quite a lot. How did you? Yeah, the the opposition it. didn't like it, did they? No, they didn't like it, not at all. Some of them did, some of them didn't. The majority of them didn't. What I used to do on a Friday night, uh, when teams come down, they'd come down Friday afternoon, we'd, we'd finish training. What we used to do is, if we played away from home, we'd train on grass all week. If we played at home, we'd train, we'd train on the astroturf wow. uh, in the week. So we, we'd mix it up. So we, and, then we, and on that season, on some, some of the seasons, our away record was excellent. So you can't really say... The plastic pitch was an advantage. But I used to come down or I used to come down and watch them train, say Liverpool or Everton would train on the pitch or the teams would come down who travelled a long way. And you could see there was a bit of fear in them, you know, they'd have five sides on the pitch or passing drills and stuff. And you could see they were very, very tentative and very edgy on the pitch and all that, you know, which played into our hands. We had a style of play of playing on that pitch. You know, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't mess about. We'd get the ball long, we'd get in behind them, we'd test the back four, we'd have their back four running back towards their own goal, asking their goalkeeper in the back four to make decisions and stuff. And and that's that's how we set up and set out. I mean it wasn't it wasn't the glorious, glorious football. When the ball when the game settled down then I thought some of the football we played was excellent. But initially it was turn them, stretch the ball, stretch the pitch, make the pitch big, create some space to play in. Yeah, um, and I agree with that because I, when I I used to, I did, I hated when we first went to Queens Park Rangers. I think when they laid the pitch first, and we went up there and we won two one. I hated plastic, and then the next season Luton had one. Um, I I think it gave us an advantage. I think it it pushed us on a bit. 
But like you say, the quality of players I think would have played on on a grass surface just as well as they did on the on the plastic pitch. And I, I you know, I look back at that time in my life and go, I seen some great football and we've had some great success. It's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. And just can I can I head back to the cup final now? Yeah, just go briefly. Because go for it. Now we need to touch on the cup final. The Luton Arsenal final um, it had so many emotions for me as a fan standing on the terraces uh, at the upper terrace in Wembley. Um, you know, taking the lead with a pretty decent goal. And then we had that spell where um, um, Arsenal equalised and then they got that really, really 2-1 uh, up and then they got the dodgy pen, the dodgy pen. The pen was never a pen in a million years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. At that time, were you still on the pitch then? Had you, or had you been subbed? I can't remember. But how did you feel when we were 1-0 up and literally I thought we're going to do this and then 2-1 down and that penalty decision comes along? I'm thinking game over. Well, I mean, you were playing one of the, against one of the best teams in the country, and we'd always give them a game, you know, in a, in a one-off game, you know, we'd always be competitive, and we started the game really well and deserved to be on top. Yeah. And they had a spell, I was still on the pitch, they had a spell, uh, they, they had a spell where they, they could have gone and won three or four one. You know, they had the chances, they created, they dominated the possession, they got the penalty, they created all kinds of chances, and you know, Andy Dibble made numerous saves, and he was a man of the match and, and deservedly so. Uh, and he kept us in the game. But that's, that was the strength of our, our squad, you know, the character that shone through. I came off, uh, Mark came on, uh, the substitutions uh, Ray made was very, very good. And uh, we, we went on and win, won the game deservedly so, you know, overall, you know. The game last 90 minutes, we went to the end. The goals were fantastic and the substitutes played a part in it, really. Yeah, and do so, you, no, I was, I was, uh, I, was uh, I was absolutely thrilled and delighted, and deservedly so. And some of the performances on that day, especially Andy Dibble, was was immense and incredible. You know, I think you need to look at, not yourself, but you guys with me, and anyone's listening or watching. You should look back at that and and see how many brilliant world class saves Andy Dibble made that day. Not just the penalty save; there were so many good saves. Um, you know, and and the winning goal actually, even that was a bit of class with the with the cross across to to Steen. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my favourite yeah. bit of commentary ever from Brian Moore on the television when I rewatched it about a million times. And Luton are ahead in the very last minute. It will take a monumental yeah. effort to get back in it now for Arsenal. And I'm thinking that was the highlight of my Luton career. In career. the 80s. Career? Career. Yeah. career. Well, well, I'm, I've joined the club now. Let's saw this. I've you joined the club. You rubbish earlier. What are you talking about? No, it was a highlight of... It's been, it was, it was been, it's been classed as one of the greatest ever uh, League Cup finals, yeah. you know, and it was an honour to play in it. And uh, it was all action. And, and the final goal, the way Ashley, uh, he's right-footed, he's gone down the right wing and he's crossed the ball with the other side of his left foot. Incredible ability and skill he had and all that, you know, and... And it was it was a brilliant goal and and the end I mean, where all the Luton fans it was it was the end where all the Luton fans were as well, which is even better, you know. Yeah. It was and if you wanted anyone to be on the end of it, maybe apart from me, when you got <laughs> Steena, you know. Steena, yeah. <laughs> so what I want to know, Mick, is when you win a cup final like that, the celebrations must have been crazy. Because nowadays it's quite hard for footballers to go out and have a few drinks to celebrate, but I imagine then it's it was seemed quite normal and and easy for you guys to go out and, and have a few beers. Or more than a few. Well, oh, we did more than that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, we had something organised. The chairman and the board and the manager organised a, uh, a night out at the Savoy. We all had rooms in the Savoy Hotel. So we had a big party down there. And uh, myself and Fozzie and Steeny and Raquel all got on the stage and did our bits and pieces. <laughs> and we just had a real fun night. We all got very drunk and we had rooms there and we all went to bed all very, very happy. You know, our partners were there. So it was just a brilliant, brilliant evening. And you managed not to get the kicks out of the hotel as well? Well, I actually went home. Oh, right. I went home that evening. Uh, I got drove, drove home. My, my son my son was very young then. He was, uh, he was born, he was only very, very young. So we went home because we had a babysitter. Okay, I'll let you off then. It was quite late when I went out, trust me, it was quite late, yeah. Was there a lot of hangovers the the following day? Oh, quite a few, yeah, quite a few. And then, I just, can I just say, when we won the title, I drank most of the day, I 
got back home after drinking on the way home on the bus we'd hired, and then we went to the pub, and then we went back and drank and rewatched the whole game. That's what yeah, I did. Probably the best. Way Had a headache the next day. I'm sure Gus Caesar did that all day as well, didn't he? <laughs> Um, <laughs> the following year, we went we went to the final as well, didn't we? Um, and we played Forest, and you scored the opening goal that day. And I'm thinking, here we go again. Yeah. Um, it wasn't to be though. That that was totally the opposite of the Arsenal game for us. I'm sure the same for you. Oh, I was really disappointing. I mean, it would have been some achievement. Really played well in the first half, one nil up, uh, deservedly so, in my opinion. And. And a penalty, I mean, another penalty changed the game, uh, went the wrong way for us this time. Yeah. Les, Les, God bless his soul, he's come rushing out of the box and rushing out of his goal and brought, I think it was Nigel Clough he brought down, I'm not sure. And Nigel took the penalty and scored and they took over and really dominated and, de- and they deserve to win all in all. But if Les stays where he is, it's a completely different game. But again, again, for... For us to get to, to Wembley, took two years on the spin, massive achievement, unbelievable achievement, great achievement, and uh, for the football club and the town and supporters. Because of the result the previous year, were you were the team like really confident going into that final? Absolutely, yeah. We honestly, we we were a confident bunch. You know, we we honestly believe, as I said, when we when we sat down half an hour ago, we 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 could beat anyone on our day, anyone. Stick anyone in front of us, we'll have a go. And we had a plan, we had a way of playing. And uh, we had a good leader in Fozzie, you know, and he, he, he was the glue who kept us all together. So, uh, no, no, we, we believe we could beat anyone. Obviously, you know, you're going to come up against some really good teams. And you know, the Liverpools of this world, the Everton's of this world, they were top, top teams and top players. And it's uh, it was it was some great teams. And my biggest regret for... Uh, when, I, when we played in that era, was not being able to play in Europe. Yeah. That was my biggest regret. I thought we had a team that would be capable of playing in Europe, you know, and we were, after winning the League Cup, we'd have, we'd have had automatic uh, step into Europe, which yeah. wasn't allowed. Because I, think, I think it was because of the Heysel thing, but we disappointing for us and the club and the town. Yeah, very sad, because actually I think we'd have been an absolute blast going to Europe and watching Luton Town and you guys playing. It would have been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, and I agree with you, Mick. We, I reckon, we could have, we could have done something. We might have even got into a final of that trophy because we were that good in them, in them days. We were that good, um, and we had a loud port just down the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that helps. Imagine it? Barcelona away. Wasn't, wasn't part of the airport, was it really? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much there. Um, do you know? Then you 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 left us. Uh, what, what year would that be? Nineteen ninety. 91, I can't remember. You'll have to do the years, 91, I think, 91, yeah. 92. Yeah, and then, so you come back to play at Kenilworth Road, you're playing for Derby County, you've got Peter Shorten in goal, you know, and then you rise up and you head that ball in and Luton are 1-0 up. Did you forget who you were playing for? He couldn't get off the ground, Shields. I told <laughs> well. him so. He was at the end. He was at the end, Shields. He was at the end. i never forget it. I never forget it. Jason Reese took the free kick. I've gone up to Eddie in my usual position. He used to put me in a zone, in a position where I was free to head the ball. So any 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 corner which or set piece which wasn't great, I'd go and attack it, and I just misjudged it. Now whether that was intentional or not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure. But I just misjudged it, and it, it caught it caught the uh, caught the top of my mullet and flew in the top corner. You know, it's a great goal. I I, I generally thought you had a Luton shirt on that day. The question is as well: Did you celebrate in your own little head? Did you celebrate? You had to surely. Well, I, I, honestly, I was pleased Luton stayed up. Absolutely, one hundred percent delighted that Luton stayed up in in the, and uh, that was it really. Uh, what did, what did your what did your teammates say to you though? Or did they not say anything? Well, or was that you can no, say no, that no, without we don't have to bleep out. No, no, no. They, they honestly, they, they, they knew, they knew Schultz's fault. I think they had to go Schultz. <laughs> like, no. Well, he, he actually he doesn't. Come to the end. He, he doesn't really he move. Could get, he, he could get a rizzler under his feet. You know, he could get <laughs> a rizzler right under his feet. That, that was that was the way he was at the time. So, but no, top class goal. It was just another great header by me. You know. 
You you always always great headers here, mate. Always great headers. He's a great header, yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask? uh, do you know, Honestly, I, if I, I can't remember what, what went on, but I've either got a bit of stick, I'm sure. <laughs> Can I ask? Um, Worth it. You know, we, we use, as fans, we use the word legend, you know, a lot for, for some people. And, and genuinely, whether you want to consider yourself one or not, you are one. And um, when I look at your career, the other thing that stands out for me, and every Luton fan, you was playing for Wimbledon at this point, and the Watford goal celebration... Mm. Where you just walk through them all. Now, yeah, Batara was. Yeah, I was oh, go for it. Go for it. Uh, you know, what do you think? No, I just want to know, Mick, exactly what was going through your mind when you see, you know, when they're celebrating on the floor. No, I mean, don't get it wrong, like, big respect for that, but what was going through your mind at that point? Did you think well, this guy would trample on them and think, yeah, just show them how it's done? I appreciate earlier what you said about the legend. It's very humbling and all that, you know, but I, 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 I find it difficult to, but, but, but thank you. Uh, I mean, that was probably one of the best things I ever did in terms of endearing myself. <laughs> yeah. Town fund, you know? yeah. So I'm really proud. And I'll, I'll, I remember it vividly. Now I was stood right behind. I think Tommy Mooney scored. Tommy Mooney's hit one and I was right in line with it. And I, and I, and I looked at it. I went, Oh, that's going in. So, and it's gone right in the top corner. It's a fantastic left foot half volley, about 25 yards out. And I thought then they equalised. We were one nil up and we were cruising. Should have been four or five nil up. I should have scored a couple. Oivan Leonardson should have scored a couple. It was a little, it was an FA Cup game. Leo should have scored a couple and we should have been out of sight. And I thought, oh no, no, not a replay or whatever. We're going to get turned over here. So as they, as I've turned round to walk back the centre circle, they've come in front of me and I was totally pissed off and all that you know and I, I just I just never give it a thought I said I mean I'm I'll just walk in my straight line back to where I was going to have the kickoff and I thought well, what what the F and L are doing in front of me and all that you know <laughs> were they having a go at me or having a pop of me because I'm ex ex looting or whatever so I just carried on walking yeah, it's, all over them. it's an absolute classic and, as well uh, no, no, no. I wish I'd done a bit more damage. Yeah, I was going yeah, to say, to be honest, <laughs> I, uh, every time you look at it, you can think, oh, it's quite iconic. Well, I do remember it vividly, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't get away with that nowadays with VAR and and everything being reviewed, would you? Well, no, not really, no. But it's, uh, you probably still would have done it, though. I did, intend, <laughs> I did intend to squash them and walk through them, yeah. <laughs> Good man. That is brilliant. There's been some and really... We beat them 1 0 in the replay, by the way. Oh, that. Good. We beat them one nil in the replay. You got to get that in. Yeah, you have to. Any any victory over Watford is is worth talking about. We are going to move on to Watford stuff in a bit, but oh, okay. there's been some nice comments said about you. We read online that Sir Alex Ferguson says he regrets not signing you for Manchester United. How does that feel hearing something like that from such a legend of the game and probably one of the best managers of all time saying that he regrets signing you in for not, Manchester not United? Signing. Not signing him. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's very humbling and uh, man, I feel very proud of that, that quote from Sir Alex uh, that he wanted to sign me in a certain season. Uh, he wanted, he wanted to, when the pitches weren't great, he wanted to get the ball forward. He thought the ball, I've spoke to him about it. He said, I thought the ball would stick when the ball went forward and we could get around you and create chances. And uh, so it was absolutely unbelievable. And I mean, if, if it was nowadays, I'd have been a Man United player. Because the agents would have heard it first. It was, you know, it used to be manager to manager then. It was all a bit more discreet, where nowadays everything's more out in the open. And the, the agent would have found out first from the manager, from a another manager. Say, look, we want to get Mick Arthur up to Manchester. Let's do it. And and, and I think Pleaty didn't want to sell me. Maybe the money wasn't enough. Maybe we were on a good run and we're doing well. Maybe for other different reasons. So, uh, I think I've got it, to be careful here because yeah. I didn't I didn't really want to leave Luton Town Football Club, but I'd have loved to play for Manchester United at some stage in my career. Well, to be fair, at the time, who wouldn't have done? You know, you know, you can't blame anyone for having that that thought at all because they were a well, still the same biggest nowadays, club. You know, I, still the same nowadays. I I believe yeah. they are they are the the best club in the country. You know and. I always believe the best striker in the country should be playing for Manchester United. I really do. 
sad you didn't go, yeah. but glad you stayed for us. That's all I can say. Because actually, well, when you on your I second am. your second spell with us, Mick, you went on your home debut. You scored two goals on that day, wasn't it? Oldham, I think Oldham at home. Yeah, Oldham at home. Yeah, one was a tap in and one was a goal, which you don't really see me score. Uh, overhead kick at the Canterbury throw end. So really pleasing to come back and uh, score two goals. Yeah. That was, wow. that was a good day. That was one of the good days of my career. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. And the, the place was full. The place was buzzing. I do think we should touch on some Watford games as well. Like We did just speak about that one when you played for Wimbledon. But playing for them, for Luton, is always, I imagine, exciting. And it's, it's just something that the fans just love these games, don't they? And this is what we missed for so many years when we were in the, in the conference and going up the leagues. But what's it like playing in... In Luton Watford games because I imagine it's it's brilliant. Well, yeah, the rivalry is intense, you know, made absolutely by the fans. You know, I'm a Sunderland fan, and Newcastle Sunderland is a big, big yeah. derby. So I absolutely, one hundred percent know what it means to the fans, and there is that little bit of extra pressure on you. You know, you you want to do best, you want to win for the fans, you want the fans to be happy, you want that feel good factor. Two games that stand out for me is the FA Cup quarter final. Fifth round when Wayne Turner scored. Yeah, I think we had about two replays and two replays or one or two, and it was two. Thought it was never going to end, and then you you get someone who's totally who doesn't score any goals and a good little move, a typical Luton Town move, up back and through, and Wayne through one v one against my mate Tony Kelton in goal, and he scores. You know, then the other game I remember was we played Luton at Luton Town. Uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to be big headed or blase, but my best mate was in goal and I scored three goals past him on the bet and 3 0. Even better, even Perfect. better. I, I rang him, I actually rang him the night before and told him I was going to score. A hat trick. I, I spoke to him the night before and I said, oh, I said You're in a bit of trouble tomorrow, Tom. I'm in trouble tomorrow. I bet he gave some stick off the game well today in training. Yeah, oh, yeah, he got some. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, yeah. Tony, Tony looked for Luton. Tony loved coming to Luton and watch Luton play. I'd ring him up and say, Tell him we're playing Arsenal tomorrow. Make sure you're down there tomorrow. We've got mm. O'Leary and one or two others, you know. We're going we're gonna to knock them about a bit, you know. Wow. So he loved, he come, loved coming to watch Luton. And last year was the first time a lot of our fan base would have seen a Luton Watford game. Like there's, there's generations, there's a new generation of Luton fans that have never got to experience that. And it's obviously a shame that there was no fans for that home game last season when Colo scores that penalty. And I know this was made quite public before or in the lead up to the game that you spoke with the players and you told them the meaning behind the game. Was that, is that like really true? How much you had to, did you have to like hammer home how important this was or did the players kind of understand last well, season? Well, I think as, as a group, as a manager, we, as a management group, we, we, we just, we let them know how much it means to the football club, to the supporters. Gary and the board and you guys, we, we know that and we emphasise that. Uh, I mean, and, and I've got to be honest with you, it was it was an embarrassing. It could have been any score last year. We yeah. absolutely played out of our skin and all that, you know, and fantastic performance. Uh, so it, overall, and, and 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 I think the away game was was probably one of our poorest performances. Now we only lost one nil, but. Uh, we just never got started. We never got going, and I think I think that played a part in in the way he performed at home and all that, you know. So it's it some some days some days they go for you, you know. Some days some days in derby days are really strange and all that. You know, you can be you can be lethargic or you can be right up for it, and that's why in derby days there's a lot of sending offs, there's a lot of trouble, there's a lot of bookings and stuff and all that, you know. Or you can go out with a whimper. Do you think Watford turned up that day maybe not expecting us to play like we did? Because they're full of players that have played all over all over the, the world, really, in, in different countries. Do you reckon they turned up just thinking, oh, you know, it's Luton, we just turn up today and we'll beat them? They weren't expecting us to be that good. Yeah, uh, maybe. But I've got to be honest with you, Nathan, Nathan, as he does every week, he hasn't prepared properly. Uh you know we're a real honest bunch. And when, when we're at it in this league, when we're at it in this league, <clears throat> teams find it really hard to contain yeah. us uh, uh, over, over periods of the game, over long periods of the game. And 
on that day we were at it and all that, you know. So I'm just putting all the praise on the lads and on the players and on the management, you know. I thought I thought on the day we were ex- excellent on the day. Was there any final words to Colo when he's getting ready to come on to take that penalty? Because to be fair, that must have been a big moment for him. <laughs> well, it's it's massive, and you've seen you've seen it go go the other way and all that, you know. But he fair play to James. He he practices them every day. Every day after training, he'd, do, he'd have five, six penalties every day. So he, he knew what he was going into. He was well-versed. He knew he knew what it meant to everyone. And we were, we were absolutely full of confidence. Other managers wouldn't have wouldn't have done it, you know, but Nathan had the, had the belief in him and he had the belief in himself to do it. So it was a real, real brilliant, brilliant bit yeah. of management. And he, ha- he handled it very, very well as well. He handled that moment yeah. very well. I mean, we were all sitting there, weren't we, just going... Oh Lord, he's got the ball. He's just walking onto the pitch. Is that a good idea? Dave <laughs> celebrates so hard his tooth fell out and he's still not got it fixed. No, okay, thanks very much. When he when he does it, he does it properly. Yeah. You know, if he goes and warms up, he goes and warms up properly, you know, and he, he won't do it half heart. You see these players pulling the thighs up and all that water down and half half getting warmed up. When Colo did something, he did it properly. So we knew he was prepared, you knew he was ready. You know your players. You know he, you know he was. Uh, you knew what was coming. Well, I I thought so anyway. I, I had every confidence in him. And thoroughly deserved. Thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Luton, yeah. Without question, I don't. And for him, he's going to go down as a great centre forward for Luton. You look what he's done for the club. He he was unreal for the time we had him. And to top it off with that goal, yeah, it's it's just brilliant for Colo, isn't it? Just to to end everything like that. Oh, Colo, Colo left with our blessings. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, he's uh, he's been a loyal servant to the football club. I've got to be honest with you. I can't remember him missing a day's training. He he I mean, he might have missed a couple of games here and there, but he'd come in. He trained like a Trojan. He was a, he was a leader. He was a winner. Uh, he he he's brave enough to take penalties, step up and do that, and he scored a, a major amount of goals and. A massive, massive part of our two promotions under under Nathan and myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, he, he's he's he'll, he'll go down in folklore, in my opinion, for what he did for the football club over yeah. over the four or five years he was at the club. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and look, you've been in Kenilworth Road when it's been full, uh, completely full, and I just imagine that day was the only thing missing was the fans because that roar when Colo scores that penalty and then at full time would have been. Unreal. It would have probably been the loudest it's ever been, wouldn't it? It's a shame. It's a terrible shame. It was horrible. I mean, ideally, you'd like it on Tuesday night and he was kicking in the kennel with Road End, but unfortunately, it was, yeah. it, was, it was the polar opposite, really. There's no fans in and he's doing it down the other end. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's a shame. It was a terrible shame. But yeah, you're right. It would have been amazing for the fans, for the football club, for everyone, for, for, for everyone to see it. But it was... Uh, he showed a real, real strength of character to do that. If we, I was going to say, if we rewind a few years and back to when we were relegated to the conference, obviously you were in charge for, for that season. It was an incredibly tough time for everyone at the football club. Um, but we, ha- we had the joys of the Johnson's Paint Trophy. And I guess, was that a welcome distraction from the league? Because going into that season with 30 points deduction, it... Do you have any hope? Do we have any actual real belief that it was possible to to stay up, or was it always going to be a, a mammoth effort? Uh, it was also mammoth effort. But I had the belief we could do it. Obviously, we yeah. didn't do it. It was just too much for us to step too far. Uh, the biggest thing for that was when you when you thought you were getting nearer and you lost, and the team above you won. It was a real, real body blow. A real, real body blow. And I, f- I think the players felt that and everything, you know. But the thing, the thing that stands out for me was the beginning of the season when we we were trying to recruit players with a thirty-point deduction, and the players of the character we brought in: Tommy Craddock, Chris Martin, Mickey Spillane, Ian Roper, one or two others. The the quality of the players that wanted to come to Luton and play for Luton with a thirty-point deduction tells me everything about the football club. Tells me that the that 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 it's 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 a big club and people mm-hmm. want to come and play for the football club. It's just it was it it, it was it blew me away in all fairness. The players we attracted 
mean, uh, George Pilkington and people like that come and play for us. It was it was brilliant. And to keep a few and as well. The reward. The after. The reward. I was saying, sorry, I was saying as well. Obviously, to keep a few of those players, well, like I say, obviously good quality players. Obviously, the season after, obviously in the uh, conference, some of them level of players, unreal. Obviously, we generally, obviously, we fought straight away. We're bouncing back. Obviously, it weren't to be, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was uh, real good football at times. We, we tried to keep the squad together. You know, when Gary and the board are amazing. The men's to kept the academy going. You know, no funding. That's what you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you've got to understand about the football club, the, the loyalty, the passion they show. They kept the club, they kept the academy going out of their own pockets. No yeah. one was funding it. No one was giving them any money. And that's why that's why you've got to take the hat off to them. And, you know? uh, and I take my hat off to them. They did the right thing when they let me go. Absolutely, 100%. It was the right time to go uh, after we lost to Stevenage at home. Uh, I thought, I thought, Maybe the right time, maybe get someone in here who knows this league, who's got the, who's got the right credentials to get us out of the conference, because it's never ever easy. We were the big boys in there. Every every team that come to Kelmwood Road, it was their cup final, and it was it was a tough. It was really tough. It took us five five years to get out of that league, so you realise how tough it was. Went through numerous managers and numerous players, and eventually. Thank God to John Steele, he got us out of the league and we, we indebted to him, you know. Nowadays in football, Mick, you hear a lot of managers and players and they always say, look, we're just focusing on the next game and it's always just the next game and it's never looking ahead. But when you're relegated to the conference and maybe for a few players, it's it's new to them and playing these teams. And for, for us fans as well, you're looking yeah. at teams like Barrow, no disrespect to Barrow, but in them days it was like, we should be beating these guys at home. Was there... Was it maybe like, did anyone ever look at it and go, this is going to be easy? Or were you all genuinely quite like, actually, it's going to be quite tough to get out of this league? Well, it wasn't me. I, I never thought, I mean, I, I think any football match you play is, is going to be hard because mm-hmm. the opposition is going to make it hard for you, especially nowadays. And nowadays, people are organised, they're more organised than the war years ago. You know, when I think the gap is closing in the lower leagues, uh, I, think, I think the gaps are closing than they were years ago. And there might have been a bit of arrogance, but not whilst I was there. But uh, it's it's uh, it is a it is a oh it is a you know, there was seven eight thousand at Kellerworth Road on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, yeah. never, yeah. Players have never played in front of that in their lives, you know, and they turned up to a to a, to a, to a club that I mean ten years previous have been they've been winning league cups and in the, in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Premier League in the top division, and it was a. It was a day out for them and oh, we'll go and enjoy this and we'll have a go. And, and sometimes when we went away in that league, there would be more of us than the home fans there. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was crazy times, absolutely crazy times. Um, before we got relegated though, we had that one moment of glory at Wembley in yeah. front of 40,000 supporters. Again, you was in charge. I remember doing your Eric Morecambe dance at the end. Um, <laughs> what emotional day that was for me as a fan and for, you know, well, for, for all of us, all us as a fan. Fans, as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great day. To see it? that, you know, for us, that was like, well, having to go at Mawinney at the start, to, to be fair, for me was important because I felt that the FA let us down. Um, but then to, to put one over them, you know, with a victory of that, that sort was fantastic. Uh, you know, what, what do you feel? What do you feel? Well, was it was one of the highlights of my career. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, managing the team I love uh, with 40,000 fans there. <clears throat> all the board members seeing, seeing the fans celebrate in what was in what was an awful season in terms of the league, so and a great performance, tough game, real tough game. Uh, Scunthorpe were doing well in League One and had some good players, so you knew it was, it was going to be tough. But you know the the players put in a massive performance led by Nico and all that, you know, and it was just it was just a just a brilliant brilliant day for me and the football club and everyone connected. I spoke to Tom Craddock last Christmas on our Christmas episode of the podcast and he said when he slapped that Scunthorpe player, his first thought was, oh my God, Mick is going to kill me at half time. Did you see what had happened and did you did you have a massive go at him? I didn't see it, but it, I mean, I probably would have killed him. I mean, uh, <laughs> he maybe got a right-hander. Or something like that, but it was... 
That's just that's yeah. just the emotion of playing in big games, you know, big, big games with big crowds. You you get carried away. You got to stay calm. You got to do the right things. Emotionally, you can get carried away. As as I said earlier, and that's why when when people when when players play in big games, there's always something that happens. There's always a flashpoint. Always something kicks off. There's also sending off for a flashpoint in big games because of the because of the occasion you're playing and you have to control yourself. So Mick, um, going back to slightly just before the game, what were your thoughts and what were you saying to the players in the dressing room as you get there, you arrive, obviously you do your preparations and whatnot. What were obviously what were you thinking firstly and what were your words to your players? The words to my players was I'll never forget this was we were at the hotel and uh they knew what the team was. Uh, and I said to the two or three players who weren't involved, look, I'm really sorry. It's probably the biggest occasion of your your career and you're not going to be involved or on the bench. So I apologise for that. One of them was Jake Howells. Uh, and secondly, I said, and I made an analogy of my, my team, Sunderland. Because when I, I told you about Sunderland in the 1973 Cup final, uh, in the first five minutes, there's a guy, a guy called Richie Pitt, and no one, no one knows who Richie Pitt is. And he, he, Alan Clark had the ball on the touchline, and he's come through him and he's nailed him, and he's left a mark on him, you know. And and for me, that is what won the FA Cup final for Sunderland. And that's what I said to our players. I said, whilst you're in on that pitch, whatever you do, uh, whatever time of the, whatever time is on that clock. Uh, where you are on the pitch, what's going through your mind, just make sure each and every one of you leave your mark on this cup final. That's what I said to them. Wow, brilliant! And if you do that, and if we leave, if we leave more marks on the pitch than they do, then we've got a chance. Just have no regrets and just go for it. Like you're saying, you have to yeah, leave yeah. mark on everything yeah, yeah. that you do, really. Yeah. But yeah, oh, brilliant. It was a brilliant day, wasn't it? I know we yeah, was wasn't great. that old, but old enough to be there and remember it. Thanks Makes me feel well, even older now. Thank you. Well, yeah, oh, you the turnout was immense. Yeah. Turnout. You go we, back to obviously, same when you were 14, 15, when you, when you watched Sunderland in the Cup. Um, but that was the same for us, really, wasn't it? We was about the same sort of age, yeah. 14, 15 years of age. Obviously, my first time at Wembley. And yeah, was, I just remember it. Amazing day out. And obviously, like every other single Luton fan that were there. They, it meant was so much after such a well, I would say not a, not a terrible season because the results obviously were there, but obviously the thirty points and whatever else went on. Yeah, yeah. It was just a little bit of something at the end that just to give a little bit of hope. Well, it's another yeah. Wembley final Absolutely. that you're yeah. never yeah, Wembley final you're never going to forget yeah. as a fan, let alone a player and a manager. I would say uh, there were three great goals and uh, a great atmosphere. And that finish from Claude, wow, <laughs> brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. That was something else, wasn't it? And then if we... Down goal, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Not giving no, him the credit. Don't let me hit like that. If we fast forward then, and or even just rewind a few years when Nathan moves on in, in January and you take charge for the rest of the, the League One season, and I guess at that stage, a lot of Luton fans were, were probably wondering how it was going to go, but the momentum for us to carry on the form that Nathan had built for that first half of the season on, under your leadership again was was amazing, wasn't it, to get us into the championship? Yeah, I mean, all credit to the players. The players uh, the players are the ones who go on the pitch and carry out the orders and they they got on with it. Obviously, they were upset. Nathan was a real, real popular manager and no one saw it coming. But we reorganised. We got we got, we, we, we got things in order and, and uh, I mean, a lot of the staff left. I mean, Paul had already left. Paul Hart had already left. Uh then, obviously, the first team coach left and the fitness coach left on the same day as Nathan. So we were, we were really, really short on staff and all that. You know, so we needed a bit of reorganisation behind the scenes, which we did pretty quickly, and, and things worked out quite well. That, well, that game up Sunderland was amazing atmosphere again for us. I thought. Have I mentioned to anybody on the podcast that I flew there? Yeah, you flew. <laughs> it's like every week, Dave. Uh, we flew. I flew to the the Sunderland game via Dublin. Because it was cheaper than getting the, the train. I bet your arms were so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should have joined up this weekend, though, really. Yeah, you should take a <laughs> job on this stage. Yeah, it was amazing, though. And we touched on it earlier, and we said the word togetherness, but do you reckon it is that togetherness, then, that we put ourselves in such a good position? And I remember players talking in their post-match interviews, and I think, like, Sonny Bradley said it, like, we're not going to let this slip now. And I think, like, Elliot Lee said it, and Luke Berry said it, but... 
Was it was it that togetherness that got us over the line? It's absolutely one hundred percent is a massive part of it. You know, we every club I've been at or teams I've played in, the most successful ones, you got of that camaraderie, you got of the spirit, you got of the togetherness, whatever you want to call it. If you haven't got that, you got no chance. For me, that's the biggest part in football. You know, you boys stick together. Whatever goes, if you go one nil down, two nil down, you still believe in yourselves. And they had that belief. Uh, listen, there were good players in League One, and we had a yeah, we had we had a structure, we had a way. Nothing got changed. We carried on playing the way we were. We had a, we had a default shape to go to when we come under a little bit of pressure. So all in all, we just we just kept things ticking over. Just the, the big thing there was a change of staff behind the scenes, which no one really saw. You know, right. And and you know what the, the success of that season it just made you really proud to be a Hatter, really proud. Well, that Portsmouth game under the lights, unreal. Um, we spoke to George Moncur last year on the podcast, and he said it was one of the best first halves he's ever seen or ever played in. Like we we were unreal that first half against Portsmouth, weren't we? Some of the football was incredible on that on that evening. You know, it's it belied the level in all fairness and the surface of the pitch and all that. I, I just. It was just incredible, you know. It should have been four, five, six nil. It could have been quite, quite comfortable. But that never happens. That's never happened, you know. When you, but, but it's it just builds confidence in the team, in the squad, and gives you that belief. And you can always go back to it and always remind them of that evening. Look, are we? This is the levels you're at now, and we need to keep with these levels. And you know, this is where we're at. We come this far. Don't let it slip. Is that the the night that we hit the top of the table, or we stayed that we sort of? Pushed it up, and we never, we never. Once we hit the top, we never came down never came from the top. It, no. That's amazing, and there's not many other clubs that could say that. It was an amazing season, and you know. And how did it feel lifting that trophy in that final game of the season? Because that must have been just you look back at the whole year and relief and the hard work and that togetherness and the spirit. That must have been an amazing feeling in front of the fans. I, I, I honestly, I was, I've, I've had my career. I was just so happy, so happy, firstly, for the players, secondly, for the fans, because, I mean, what you guys have been through, it's absolutely immense and all that, you know, the ups and downs of being a Luton Town fan. And just to see the smile on their faces, on the pitch, on, in the stands, and the joyous, it was unbelievable, it was absolutely unbelievable. See everyone smiling, the kennel were thrown again. It was just, it was just brilliant, and Someone put a scarf around my neck and all that, you know, and I was, I thought, oh, and I, I just used the scarf, the, the orange and white scarf, and uh, yeah. I was just so proud to be part of Luton Town Football Club that day. Uh, and we, we were brilliant on the day against Oxford, and we, we played really well, and I just I just wanted to finish the season off and, and win, the, win the league, you know. we that's That was my emphasis all week, you know. they I'm sure the boys went out on Thursday night or Wednesday night and had a few drinks. Mm-hmm. But we got that out of them on the Friday, and they, and they, uh, they, they played exceptionally well on the Saturday and won three one, you know. And I just wanted to win the title. I didn't want to, I didn't want to finish second. I wanted us to win the title, and we did, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, again, you know, I, I now keep saying this, uh, another legendary moment for us as fans and you as a manager. There, that was great. That was great. Well, Mick, before we let you go, we, we wanted to touch on the amazing work that the club are doing and all your colleagues are doing at the moment for, for prostate and raising money and awareness and stuff. And it's, it's a great thing, I guess, for you and for everyone for them to be supporting this. Uh, well, again, it makes me very proud to be part of uh, Luton Town Football Club and be part of such a great club. Uh, it's very humbling what the staff are doing and all the people are trying to help me. It's... Uh, it hasn't been a great experience for me over the last 12 months, I've got to be honest with you. And it just makes me feel a hell of a lot better. Gives me a great sense of pride. Gives me a drive and a bit of ambition to to, to try and get over this illness. Uh, so it's 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 something which I, I really, really appreciate from everyone. Every every last penny that everyone gives to prostate cancer, every every card and every message I get, I really, really appreciate, really do. I might not be able to reply to to every one of them, but honestly, I really appreciate all the help and support I've had. And again, I just think this sums up Luton Town Football Club and that togetherness between staff, players, fans, management. And it's just that real togetherness, which I think the club 
just brings. It's an honour to work at the football club. It's an absolute honour, you know, led by Gary Sweet and the board. It's an honour to be part of it, to be, see what's happening and, you know, a new stadium on the horizon and then the team doing well and hopefully we'll get three points tonight. It's just it's just a great club to be part of and I can't wait to get back into work. I won't be in for a while yet, but it's just it's just it's a great club to be part of and there's a good feel factor there and there's a what I'd call there's an honesty about us, you know, there's a real honesty about us. Yeah, and do you know what? If you're not at the ground, then you should know that every week you're at the stadium or every game that we're playing at, your name gets called out every week. Right. Every, everyone is everyone is hoping that you you can battle this and get through it all and, and come out the other side and see us at Power Court where you unveil that statue to that Luton <laughs> legend. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so what, Steve Foster? <laughs> 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 well, Mick... Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this, is, this, is, this has been a brilliant insight into your career and in, in, in your life. And yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Can I just say, Mick, before we go as well? Obviously, you know, I don't, really, I don't, well, obviously you don't know, but I don't usually cry. But when we got promoted the other season, I shed a few tears. <laughs> so thanks for that. I cried in front of a few oh, people. Well. Cheers, man. <laughs> thank you for your support. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs>